The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and WadenaRadio.com. It is the Morning Sports Desk for Tuesday, February 13th. My name is CJ Baumgartner, and Corey Tackman, my co-host here on the MSD on Valentine's Day Eve. How are we feeling? Oh, I, I have um, I have sugar cookies and Hershey Kisses set out, and um, I expect Cupid to you know deliver as as always this Valentine's this Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah, you know, I got candy, I got sugar cookies out, mainly just for myself. But uh, you know, also you know, if my wife wants some, she can have some. But you know, yeah, she you, asked. I, you didn't buy them for her is the main point we're trying to get to. She can have them if she wants, but you know, it, right. she's got to ask they're, politely. They're for you, but you're willing to share. Because I'm that nice of a guy. Because it's Valentine's Day, you know? Uh, What's Valentine's mine is yours, Day baby. <laughs> That's what we got married. It's in the vows. What's mine is yours. That's how it works. So looking at tonight uh, to our broadcast schedule, uh, Corey, we, uh, we got a mid-state conference game. Uh, we're dipping our toe in that water tonight. Yeah, kind of, sort of. It's actually non-conference because Perm's in the in the heart of lakes. Oh, right, right. I, God dang it! I, know, I am off. Today. I know. I got my I know, vacation. I know. It's it just throwing me through a loop. It gets me every time too. I I want to call it a conference game all the time. Uh, it isn't. The Perm Yellow Jackets, out of the heart of lakes conference, will host the Detroit Lakes uh, uh, Lakers, uh, non-conference girls basketball. Taking a look at each of our teams, uh, uh, the Yellow Jackets are nineteen and three overall. They're nine and two in Heart of Lakes conference play. They're 11 and two in section play this regular season uh, out of section eight double A. We'll take a look at the conference and section standings here in just a moment. But if you include tonight's game, CJ, just four games left in the regular season for Perm Yellow Jackets girls basketball. They host Detroit Lakes tonight. They're at Pelican Rapids on Thursday. They'll host Thief River Falls on Tuesday next week and then close up the season at Duluth Marshall on Friday, February 23rd. I believe Duluth Marshall has a really good young talent who like maybe already scored or 2,000 points or something like that. So that yeah. should be a fun one to close out the year. If it's not 2,000, it's 1,000, but she's young, like an eighth grader or something. Right. Um, I don't have my exact details, all my eggs in a basket on that one, but the Yellow Jackets are um, second in Heart of Lakes Conference play. Pelican Rapids is the top team at ten and one. Uh, they're twenty-two and two overall. Perm is nine and two in Heart of Lakes Conference play, nineteen and three overall. The Yellow Jackets average sixty-seven points a game. They give up forty-nine point one. Their QRF is one thirty-one point seven. Okay, so just. For comparison's sakes, Pelican Rapids is the top team in the conference at 10 and 1. Their QRF is 111.9. So Perm is second in the conference, 20 points better in the QRF um, rankings. Wow. So that's why when you look at the Section 8 AA standings, 14 teams in the section, Perm is the number one team. In the section, it's funny, the Yellow Jackets, right? And if the season were to end today, would finish second to Pelican Rapids in the conference, but be the number one seed in the section. I think that's kind of wild and kind of cool. The Yellow Jackets, number one of 14 teams in the section, which would mean 
if the playoffs were to start today, um, they would get an opening round by ranked sixth in Section 2A girls basketball, according to the QRF. Detroit Lakes, out of the Mid-State Conference and representing Section 8-3A, come into tonight's game at 12-10 and 10 overall. They're 4-1 in Mid-State play, 4-4 four and four in Section play. Uh, they, if you include tonight, have just four games left in the regular season also at Perm tonight. They'll host Aiken on Friday. Tuesday next week at Park Rapids area, and Thursday next week at home versus Crosby-Ironton. When you look at the Mid-State Conference standings, Crosby-Ironton is the top team. They're undefeated 5-0 and uh, and 17-6 and overall. Uh, their QRF value is 125.4. Detroit Lakes is 4-1 and in the conference, second place in the Mid-State. Uh, they average 46.5 points per game, give up 47.2 and their QRF value is 98.5. The Lakers are in Section 8-3A, where there are seven teams. Uh, the Lakers are fourth in that section. If the playoffs were to start today, they would host Little Falls. Uh, Alexandria, the top team in that section. Uh, then Fergus Falls, Wilmer, followed by Detroit Lakes, fourth. Little Falls, Recorian, St. Cloud. We'll round it out. So uh, that game, DL at Parham tonight, a 7.15 pregame with a 7.30 tip on 105.9 FM, the Superstation K106. Where else? On the Superstation K106 app and online, wadinaradio.com. Wabam, I think that's everything. Okay, I was going to say, and where else? Thinking that you maybe had something more to, to keep going on that line. Do we have a Twitch channel by chance? No, we don't have a Twitch channel. Should we get one? Uh, maybe, but I think it, I think if uh, you present it to some people and you go, "Hey, we want to we want to do a Twitch," and they're going to go, "Shouldn't you see a doctor about that?" So, you know, we we got to maybe lay out the plan a little better. Are you proud of that really bad pun, or kind of because I thought of it on the spot? But or are we just supposed to uh, just move on? Well, we can't move on now. I think no, what is it? What is it about puns that if you think of them, they're the greatest thing of all time? But if somebody else thinks of them, you're like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> a great uh, a great wordsmith once said, I don't want fancy things. I don't want schmancy things. I don't want fancy, mancy, schmancy, wancy things. What I do want to do is waste your time and mine. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I, I try and live my life by that motto. I understand. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, a thousand point scoring, uh, Corey. It appears, and I'm looking for the official post. But we I have, have a, it here. Another a thousand point score from Park Rapids area. It's a big week up there. Yeah, absolutely right. Park Rapids area Panther boys basketball player Noah Larson got his 1,000th point in the game last night. A mid-state conference victory over Staples Motley, 86 to 57. He needed eight going into the game. He ended with 18. So uh, Noah Larson uh, uh, joins the ranks of Park Rapids Area Panthers boys basketball players with that 1,000-point milestone, which is very cool. We talked about it a little while ago. One of the neat things, I think in the Mid-State Conference, there are four Noah Larsons. This is one of them, huh. and he just got his 1,000th point. Um, yeah, I don't – did I – maybe you were maybe you were gone when I mentioned that. In the Mid-State Conference, CJ, there are four Noah uh, Larsons. I feel like we've had this conversation. 
maybe it was over text. Two of them were number 44. The other two were numbers that are half of the previous number. So two of them were 44. One hmm. wears 22. The other one wears number 11. This Noah Larson for Park Rapids area wears number 22. Isn't that awesome? You know, I think that they should get together and they should form a rec league team uh, when like the season's done and yeah. just be called the Noah Millers. The, the fight, the, well, or what, what? because Larson. <laughs> Larson, there we go. I don't know why Miller got in my head. Uh, the, the Noah Larson, the, yes. The fighting Larsons, that'd be fun. That'd be great. It'd be awesome. Let's print the shirts. They're, Let's get this unfo- going. I, I looked it up. They're not all seniors. But oh. I did have this when I was looking it up. I was like, please all be seniors and somehow end up at the same college together. That would make me please. like that intramural team would be the coolest ever. Because like if you're an opposing coach, it's like Noah Larson. He's, Noah Larson's going to pass the ball to Noah Larson. But you also got to be prepared for Noah Larson because yep. Noah Larson also is sitting in the corner. It's a it's foolproof. I don't know. I make don't sure know you why. pick up Larson at half court. Right. Which one? Yes. Just a wall of defenders at mid-court shrugging their shoulders. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which one, coach. <laughs> you know, so uh, congrat- congratulations to this one on his 1,000th point. Yeah, Park Rapids area, too, having themselves a nice season. They're 7-1 and one in section play. They have a QRF of 93.6. They're 14-7 and seven on the season uh, overall. Uh, in section 8AA, again, currently the two seed Pelican Rapids in front of them. And then it's Barnesville, DGF, Wadena Deer Creek, East Grand Forks, Holly, Purim, Thief River Falls, Rosa, Warroad, Monaga, and Crookston that round out that section. I've seen Park Rapids area play uh, at least once this season, and they're a good team. They got themselves a nice squad up there. So uh, congratulations to him and congratulations to their team as they uh, try and keep this thing rolling. And, you know, we kind of keep touching on it off air, but it feels like we're always preparing for it. Uh, playoffs because you mentioned there's only four more games for Purim girls before their season wraps up boys wrestling. Uh, uh, we had girls wrestling last week, boys wrestling this week for uh, teams. And then we have individuals coming up and then all of a sudden it's getting ready for the state tournament for wrestling. And then we have boys play, uh, basketball pl- or girls basketball playoffs, boys basketball playoffs, like the next month. Uh, of our lives, Corey, is just going to be enthralled in a high school sports playoffs. And it's really, really fun. And especially winter sports, because just a bunch is happening. Like we're following a ton of stuff going on. Uh, boys hockey playoffs is going to get thrown in the middle of there too. Girls hockey playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Good. Let's go. I can't wait. Let's do it. Um, so staying on the basketball court, the Minnesota Timberwolves got a big win last night. I think it was like 125 to 100 over there over the Clippers. Once again, holding a team to a hundred points or fewer uh, in a game. And this was one, the Wolves didn't play. They played a good first half, but they played in the end of the first and second quarters, two bad minutes at each of the end of the quarters, which let the, which made it look like the Clippers were winning, made it look like they had a chance to lose this game. And then all of a sudden, uh, in the third quarter, like the Wolves have done all season, they just smother teams. It was like 40 to 16 in the third quarter. This third quarter used to be the quarter where the Wolves fell apart. Now it's the quarter where they just choke teams out. And by the fourth quarter, it's not even a contest anymore. And that's what happened. Uh, the thing about this Wolves team is 
they just win. They they have a, a such a good record against teams with above 500 win percentages, and they play their best basketball. That's on the road. The Clippers were one of the hottest teams in the NBA over the last month. That's not correct. They were the hottest team in the NBA. They're like arguably people were talking about them as favorites in the West. That's right. how red lightning hot that team had been. Right. And they've thrown themselves up. It's like a four team race between the Wolves, the Thunder, the Nuggets and the Clippers for that top spot in the West. And the Wolves just basically went into their house, uh, kicked them in the groin and left. It was 70 to 69 with 425 to go in the third. When the quarter ended, it was 89 to 72. Oh. So it's not that they went ballistic in the third quarter, even. They went ballistic for four and a half minutes. <laughs> they got blistering hot. Here's a great stat. This is from Optostats. I love this. This is so like into the weeds, sort of statistical numbers that I it's it's stupid, but it's awesome at the same time. There have been 778 instances in NBA regular season history of a team playing consecutive games, both on the road against teams 15 plus games over 500. Mm -hmm. Okay. The Timberwolves are the only one of the 778 to win both of those games by 20 plus points. Wow. So they beat the Bucks 30, uh, uh, who were 33 and 18. They beat them by 24. They beat the Clippers, who were 35 and 16 by 21. They are awesome. They're awesome. They're good. They're they're uncomparable. I've said before about the Timberwolves, like uh that you should always be skeptical of them until proven otherwise. And I think this is the they've proven otherwise. Like this is a team where uh, any reservations of Minnesota sports or of Timberwolves basketball in the past, even in the past couple of years, not even the franchise as a whole, put all that aside because this team is special. Like this is just something it might not even be that they could run this entire team back next year and it might not be this good. Like this is just a year where everything is lining up. They're good basketball players that are playing great basketball. They're being coached really well. They're being put in good positions. Like this entire team is something we've never seen before. And I've seen people last night, they were like at halftime predicting doom and gloom about the Wolves. They're like, yeah, the Wolves scratch and clawed and they play great, but they're only winning by, or they're losing by four. Clippers aren't even breaking a sweat. Their Wolves will probably have the wheels fall off in the second half. What's the fun of watching sports if you're just sitting there? The Wolves are the historically great. This is the best team in franchise history. And we're all sitting there going, well, you know, they're going to fall apart. What's the, what are we doing? Like as a fan, do you, am I, am I making sense, Corey? Yes. There, the, the part that, uh, that I think is being missed is that you're supposed to go to Los Angeles and the Clippers house and lose to them. Right. So, so it's, it's, it's not the part that I don't get is the, what are you frustrated about a team who's losing by four and playing a good competitive game with the Los Angeles Clippers on the road. They're supposed to lose that game. There's, there's actually nothing to complain about. Now, if they go in there and, and get shellacked and aren't ready to play and it's a big game and this is an opportunity to show somebody something, um, then yeah, I understand being disappointed by, by that outcome. But if you're down by four at halftime 
let's say, or up by four, whatever it was at halftime, to a very good Los Angeles Clippers team, the, the hottest team in basketball on the road in a game you are supposed to lose, what's the point? There's nothing to actually even complain about. That's the, There's some of this like, um, self-fulfilling prophecy that exists amongst sports fans about their favorite team. We're Minnesota fans, so we see it about Minnesota sports all the time. But it's just easier to like, well, here we go again. Because then when it happens, you can be right. And then when it doesn't happen, you can be like, well, but it's not like I wasn't rooting for him the whole time. There's, uh, I, I don't always appreciate it. <laughs> no, exactly. And they go, well, it's like you said, they go, well, I was rooting for them the whole time. And it's like, were you though? Because it felt like every single time something didn't go their way, you were ready to do like, say the sky is falling on them. That's not being supportive of them. That's not even like, there's a difference between like, you know, calling balls and strikes on a team of like, I don't, you can still have criticisms of Ant. You can still have criticisms of Finch. You can still have criticisms of Carl. Like, all of these things and still say, but every night, like, I think they're going to win games. You can't go, I'm still a fan. And every single night, it's like, but look at what you're saying about this team. Like, are you actually a fan if you think that they're going to lose every night? Like, are you – like, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy like you talk about. Of If you're – I can sit here every game that the Wolves win because N- NBA Twitter does this a lot. The Wolves will win a big game and they'll go, yeah, but I just don't see that translating in the postseason. And it's like, okay, well, if you're predicting that the Wolves aren't going to win the NBA Finals, there's 16 teams in the playoffs. You're probably going to be right. But, well, like, what's the point then? If all you're – if you're just sitting there going, the Wolves aren't going to win the Finals this way, well, there's going to be so many teams that are worthy of winning the Finals that won't win the Finals. So if that's all you're holding it to – yeah, if you just predict that every year, you're going to be right. It's why it's the thing of like, when you have a team like the Wolves who are just so good and defying every single franchise expectation and stereotype about this team, you just need to appreciate and get on the bandwagon a little bit. It doesn't mean you can't be critical. It doesn't mean that you can't point out flaws, but it means that dooming and glooming isn't appreciated. I think is maybe the best way to especially it. dooming and glooming a team that's number one in the Western Conference. Like at worst this season, they had a, a, a stretch where they were like third. <laughs> right. They're they're <laughs> For a really day. good. They're really good at basketball. Now there are some things that I think are real. Um like calling, you know, I would I would nitpick, I guess, your choice of saying they're the real deal. They're the regular season real deal. They haven't done it in the playoffs. That part still needs to be proven. Right. But also to your point, you can't say it's not going to work in the playoffs when we've never seen it in the playoffs. Right. The thing I love long-term about this is that the all-time great players advance themselves and their teams ahead of schedule. And Anthony Edwards is once again a centerpiece on a team that's advancing ahead of schedule. Right. Like this is, he is, the reason you got Gobert was to help bridge the gap to now and when Ant is ready. And Mm -hmm. Gobert this year is doing that. He's helping to bridge that gap. But Ant is still the offensive focal point and centerpiece of this team. And at times can be 
the best defender on the floor if he if he needs to be when those times come. Can't be relied on it night in and night out. That's what other guys are for. That's totally right. okay. But when you need him to be, he is advancing at a, a, a faster than scheduled, and his team is now performing better faster than scheduled. That is so important to get him into these spots that even if it doesn't translate into an NBA championship, and holy moly, would that be awesome. But even if that means a loss in the Western Conference Finals, Right. Or a loss before that. I don't know. That Getting is okay. First round. Right. It's okay. It's okay to be moving ahead of schedule. He is still five years from his NBA prime. Mm-hmm. Five years. Think about this is year three for him, four for him. What year, year is this for him? This is year, year four. four. He's going to be in the league almost a decade before he reaches his prime. Jason Tatum is still only 25. Right. Think about how long that guy's been around. Like this is this is the arc that Anthony Edwards is now looking at. He's following the Jason Tatum sort of path and stretch. Jason Tatum's been in the Eastern Conference Finals or Finals every year for like 4 years now. Mhm. The Timberwolves are traject trajectorying <laughs> Uh, that way, it's really fun. They're ahead of schedule, which is which is, ah, oh, that's not something we're used to seeing around here. It's cool, right? And part of it is, is we're not used to seeing it, so we don't know how to, we don't know how to function. We don't know how to function with it. But also, you mentioned the winning in the playoffs. The Wolves haven't done that yet. You're right, but the Wolves also were a, a seven seed two years ago, and were an eight seed a year ago. Yep. Now they're going to be the one seed. Like now they are going to be the team that gets the home court advantage. They're going to be the team that plays a much worse team in the first round. The Wolves were always having to punch up, and now the Wolves can punch down a little bit, which is going to be easier. And and I guess my my point on that is no, you're not I wrong, think, but I'm just I, offering I, it. No, I, I'm just to, but just to clarify is like if the playoffs were to start today, and I were to ask you or any NBA fan. Who do you trust more to come out of the Western Conference, the Timberwolves or the Nuggets? I think I think ninety eight percent of people are going to say the best player in the world, Jokic, and the Nuggets. Do you know why? Because he's done it right. over and over again, and the Timberwolves haven't yet. So there's just like that's the old, that that's just the clarification on that. It's not right. that they can't; it's that they haven't. Right. And this year they have a like this year, they just have the prime opportunity to do it because they'll yes. get they're like a one eight matchup. You should like you'll cruise like right. you don't have to fight your way through the first round and right. then they can get to the second round and then we'll see what shakes out. But, but yeah. But a, a year ago, it was Sacramento who who set the world on fire. And now what? Like, right. how did that work out? So like just like the perspective of this is important. Like, can they can, they can, and that's what we need to, but it doesn't mean they will, but the fact that they can is the part that's really cool. It's really fun. It's really fun. It saved us from having to talk about the wild, Uh, even though they had a good win last night and they're like three in a row, I think. Yeah. They're like right on the cusp of a playoff spot, but I'll be honest, they're, they're their own set of problems. They've had to win three in a row to, to scare the idea of making the playoffs. Right. (laughs) Um, 
and I know they've been hurt. I know there's a coaching change. There's a they got a lot of stuff to kind of take care of there. It's a lot like a Viking situation, which we're going to talk about. Of like you're like on the window of competing, and do you want to put your foot on the gas and compete? But also at the same time, like is it just you know like you have some holes to fill? Like is it are you best using your resources? It's a it's a conversation for another day. Um, so a couple twins related things, and then we'll call the show. Uh, first off. The Twins are one of nine teams, Corey, that are getting a City Connect jersey. The Twins announced yeah. today that they're getting one and will probably announce it probably closer to opening day, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when. The, I can I can look and see if they've the spring made Spring training, pitchers and catchers are report tomorrow to Fort Myers. Tomorrow. Can you believe it? That's crazy. That doesn't feel quite right. Um, I'm excited. I have typically liked the um um city connect or whatever they call them in the nba that the timberwolves right. have worn i don't think there's been one i've disliked um i could probably rank them if we if we looked at all of them and, and go through them right but the point is, is i've i've liked them they've been weirder on baseball uniforms over the years mm-hmm. um and i don't know if it's just like a like a, a culture thing or just the shape of the uniform thing. My and, and old man opinion works. is that they try and make NBA jerseys onto baseball jerseys, but I'm, you know, that's just my opinion on that one. Well, and, and if that's the case, then yeah, we're going to have a problem, but I'm excited to see what, what could potentially come out of this. And um, my question is, is this because I, 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 I can't like pick out anybody's in my head off the top of my head elsewhere in major league baseball does this city connect uniform include the hat will there be an adjustment on the hat or is it just uniform so from my understanding i think it's going to be a hat too because like look at the angels they had the like the the surfer kind of vibe where like they had the angels in cursive and the uniforms were like supposed to kind of look like sand like the white sand of a beach the angels had a little bit different hat with that one the Padres, when they had like, they look like a, a styrofoam cup in the 1990s, those uniforms uh, with like the neon, and, like pink and blue on the uniform, they also had a different hat. Uh, the Brewers have a different hat with theirs, the ones that say Brew City on them. Um, not a t- uh, The Rangers had a different hat uh, when they did theirs, okay. like their Colt 45 looking. Uh, no, was that the Astros? I can't remember. Either way, uh, the point is uh, that there's some stuff that, they have a different hat. And I think one, because it allows you to be more creative with the uniform. If you know that you don't have to kind of confine yourself to the hat. And secondly, and this is the more important one, uh, that means that the team can sell another type of baseball cap at the team store. So uh, I think that that's what, uh, that's what will happen. Okay. So we obviously have no idea. Do you think this will, are, are, is the uniform is the twin city connect uniform gonna look mostly the same with something integrated or do you think they're gonna go um like just off the beaten path color scheme pattern font all that stuff based off of what all of the other city connect uniforms have been it's going to be something completely off the wall uh even like all of those uniforms to compare to their current team slate look different and here's the thing. I always kind of uh, said that the Twin Cities uniforms that the Twins have were like their City Connects. I know officially it's just an alternate, but like, let's be honest, it's their City Connects. It's cream. 
It doesn't quite look like a Twins uniform. It says Twin Cities on them. That's the City Connect. Like they have the different hat. To me, that always was the City Connect. Now they're like, it's going to be something even more out there. It's going to be something even more different. So it's going to be fascinating. And this kind of leads into my next question. Uh, Corey, what would you like them to incorporate on the City Connect? Knowing that you have just a blank canvas with anything, is it lakes? Is it the Twin Cities? Is it TC Bear? What is it for you? Well, I think the, the City Connect is tough because they are the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. So this is this is more of a twins territory sort of situation, right? That they that they love and and obviously twins territory includes a lot of Iowa and a lot of the Dakotas, Dakota. um, some of Wisconsin, like some of Wisconsin, the very western kind of edge of it. Uh, you uh, you can even make it out into like Montana, eastern Montana, and 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 be able to take in some twin stuff. So. This, what is the, what is the point? I think I, I have two ideas in my head, like two sort of like pipe dreams with this. Uh-huh. Um, one is a, a lakes connection. So I don't know if that means like a, like a blue green Kind of like what the Timberwolves have where like, it looks like water. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe something, maybe something like that. What I would love for them to do and they will never do is like a, like a green, almost like fishing sort of theme. I think that would be hilarious and awesome because the 10,000 lakes are about fishing and there's good fishing in the Dakotas and there's good fish. You like this, that is twins territory has really good fishing and like a walleye sort of, you know what I mean? I think that'd be kind of cool. Here's what I think. Are you ready for this? They just look like a bluegill. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, I think they're going to go some sort of like, like black and white and red loon. That would be, Mm. that would be my guess. I think that's something they can play with. The only thing that would scare me off of that is that is kind of technically what the soccer team is called. Yeah. So they're technically the the loons, but they're not technically the loons. They're yeah. Right. The twins already have a lot of blue and white. So like, like how do you do a North star and cold and like, and, and change what you already have established for yourself in your uniforms. I don't know how they would, how they would do that. Like some sort of winter thing. I think they're going to, I think they're going to dive into like some sort of lakes theme. And I think the loon will be the focal point of that. That's my, that's my totally made up guess as of, well, our pre-production meeting 30 minutes ago. So uh, here's my guess, because you're right. Fishing is the low hanging fruit. Fishing is the one where like you can uh, like lakes and of course, Minnesota. Uh, I feel like they're going to go a little bit more for because there's something with the city connect where you try and go with the city. So like you could see something like a cherry, uh, the spoon in the cherry or something like that ending up on the hat or you could see, I don't know, what's something popular in St. Paul? Like you could see like them incorporating like wheat because uh, of General Mills and, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there could be something like in that retrospect of like if you're just going straight up in Minneapolis and St. Paul uh, or the Mississippi River, like running right down the button line or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. 
Uh, or do they resurrect yes. Minnie and Paul for that? I, I don't know. Uh, but right. what I would like to see is go greater Minnesota and like talk about the, like, are you going to, cause the twins before incorporated the, the gold onto the uniforms for limestone. So like, are you going to do something with the iron range? Like, and then woods and figure something out in that aspect. Uh, I'd like to see them, you know, like the wolves uniforms have the trees do the, the twins get some kind of version of that. I like to see what they could play around with, with uh, uh, that aspect. I'm totally with you. That'd be awesome. I would, I would love it. it the easy one always, if you don't with Minnesota stuff, I think that people think about Minnesota is if you don't think about the cities, right? The, the first place most people think about is Duluth and the Northeast part of the state and the range and whatever that is always like the number two possibility, but there's a lot else going on in the state that would be fun to, potentially right. capitalize on you know i don't know it'll be i i'm excited i love uniforms i love weird uniforms um i have very rarely disliked any of the city connect stuff that's ever come out in any sport because i just appreciate the uniqueness of them and um i'm i'm looking forward my hope can i tell you what my this is that was my specific hope let me tell you very quickly my broad hope okay i hope they're re- I hope they're ridiculous looking. <laughs> they're just ugly. Just just weird. Just weird. They don't make any sense. I'll never buy the hat. I'll never buy the jersey. I just want them to be weird. But everybody from Minnesota will be able to look at them and go, yeah, I, I don't like them, but I know what they're doing there. <laughs> that's my, that's my hope and dream. Is, yeah. If you're from if you're from St. Louis, you're gonna see it and be like, "What the hell is that?" That's and kind of what Padres from- fans have did to their city connects. Everybody goes, "These things are yeah. ugly," and Padres fans are like, "We love them. We'll buy all of them." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Twins uniforms just look like every tube that's being pulled behind a boat on a weekend on an area lake. I want just that. I just yes, just a bobber uniform. That'd be so cool and ridiculous. I, I'm all for it. They have a red top with white pants, so they're like yeah. a bobber. The top like a bobber, red. like a like a daredevil or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. Exactly. I we'll print them. We'll print them. We got something going here. Uh, the one eye, last thing. The eye is just a pink jig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so one last thing, twins related. Uh, Bally yeah. Sports and the Twins just announced yesterday they're in a full agreement for 2024. Uh, yeah. Shocker, the Twins and Cleveland and Texas, who are also in like these three were kind of bunched together, but the Twins announced this yesterday, and we're focusing on the Twins for this. Um, they did not want the number of how much they're making getting out to the public. Now, it's going to be reduced from what they made last year, which was around like 60, 55 million somewhere in there from Bally sports to broadcast twins games. They were Bally sports was asking Cleveland and Texas to take 15% cuts to their numbers. So I imagine at the very least, it's around like a 10 to 15% cut of what that number was. And I'm not doing the math in my head, Um, but the twins did not want that number getting out there. And this has been the big thing is the twins have cut their payroll by 30 million which means they couldn't go after Sonny Gray. They couldn't, you know, re- they couldn't keep Polanco and 
uh, go sign somebody else. They couldn't, you know, go get, even if you don't spend big, even if you don't get a top free agent, you couldn't buy a bunch of veterans to help supplant your roster. Um, you couldn't keep Kenta Maeda, you know, things like that. Um, and they're back with Bally and the twins set some very high expectations for themselves this year with, they didn't want blackouts. They wanted to be accessible everywhere in this new contract. They don't have the streaming. They're not going to sell the streaming rights. So the only, so the only way to watch twins games through streaming is to have somebody who has the TV provider of Bally and log in that way. Cause I don't believe you can get them on the Bally sports app. Like broadly, you can't sign up for the plan to watch the wolves in the wild and also get them. So, and Dave St. Peter put a statement out yesterday through gritted teeth of how they're excited to work with Bally and it's a great partnership and whatever. My guess is Corey, uh, obviously from what the twins wanted to do this off season was a failure. Are how mad are we? How mad are you? Or like kind of what's the, what should the frustration level be at the twins? Not like Fall V and Rocco and all that. What's the frustration kind of at the business side of things for kind of the way this transpired? Well, the twins won the division last year, and I was able to watch about a half a dozen, probably less regular season games. Like the first three playoff games that I was able to watch for the twins last season doubled the amount of twins games I was able to watch. So from that business standpoint, it's absurd and they should be furious as furious as most of a lot of their fans are that they're not able to watch a division champ team night in and night out. It's insane that, that they're just not more readily available. So that was a year ago, literally nothing changes from that aspect. This is going to be another summer for me where I just don't get to have the twins on. Hey, what's on? I don't know. Let's just throw the twins on and have them on. Like, that's a part that has been a part of my life for a really long time. It's just ridiculous that that is that is not the case. And the fact that now for let's just call it the last two years, even though it goes back farther than that, the fact now that that is starting to impact the product they're being able to put on the field every single day is even more insane. So cool. They're going to find something else for the following year, but Sports is, they talk about sports is about windows. Well, the, the window, every you're in the window. There is no like five-year window. There's no next year window. There is only a this year window until it closes. And that might close two weeks into April. It might not close until the end of August. But you only have the window that's currently in front of you. And their window is... It might not, it's not wide open. The window is, is three quarters open because of this. And I think it's super lame. And it is, of course, a, I, 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 you know, my feelings about Bally, let's say it together, burn it to the ground, but this is a huge, 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 um, organizational, like this is a problem that they need to remedy. And right. it's not their, it's not entirely on their shoulders. This is a two handed sort of thing, right? Bally's involved in this and, and the main culprit, but like, come on, 
put a product out on the field. This is if there's an argument about the Twins ever to be made in their entire history is why can't you put a product on the field for us every single year that's worth competing? And now this evidenced that they're not going to be able to put a product on the field because of this stupid Valley Sports. Right. It is it is incompetence all the way around and it's frustrating. Well, and the Twins thought that this would be their their plan was that they were going to find a new partner and they were going to be on the go and they were going to be everywhere and no blackouts and anybody could watch them because the Twins know they need people to watch their games to build enthusiasm to buy tickets. The Twins won the division and it still felt like up until the playoffs, it felt like people weren't on the bandwagon because nobody watched them all summer. So how are they supposed to, if you watch them all the time and you go, Royce Lewis is special. I need to see him in person. How would you know you weren't watching the games because you couldn't? And that was the thing. And it's not, the Twins, I think, built up a lot of hope. And I think in the short term, it's a big failure. In the long term, it could be different because now baseball wants to, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, wants to use the Twins and the Rangers and the Guardians, a total of like, 12 teams, almost half the league, he wants to bundle together and sell. And the Twins were all by themselves, which is why a one-year deal going back to Bally made sense in the short term, take a year, and then figure it out. Amazon coming in at the 11th hour and reinvesting in Diamond Sports Group and giving them a second life, if you will, that really messed things up. And baseball, I don't think, like that either because they, whatever. But in the short term and in Twins baseball, it's like you said, if there's one time to say, you know what, we're going to eat a little bit of money this year, but dang it, this team just won. They broke a playoff curse. Did we see how electric target field was? Let's spend a little bit of money, get the fan base going, not even spend more money. Let's just keep things at the rate we were going and let's push forward. Now there'll still be parts of the fan base that want you to spend more than what you're, no matter what number you're going to put out. And um, the thing is, it's frustrating if you're the twins. It's frustrating if you're a fan. I don't blame the twins for how this shook out because I think they kind of just at the end of the day, this was really the only realistic option they were going to get. But also, I mean, that's now the second time that they messed up a TV deal when given the opportunity. When you look at Victory Sports and what they tried to do there and with Valley, it's a mess. I'm glad it's done and it's going to suck this year. And the only hope at the end of the day is that next year it's going to be a much better deal and you'll figure things out and it'll be better. But that's not a guarantee either. And the thing is, is that the Twins, whether rightly or wrongly, there's a bunch of fans that went right back to the cheap Poland narrative and you didn't do a lot to dispel it. I This is selfish. I just want my kids to like baseball. Right. I just want them to like the Twins like I like the Twins. Now, I was born in 1985, so I was alive in 87 when they won the World Series. I was alive in 91 when they won the World Series. Do you want to know what my memory of both of those World Series are? Close to zero. It's close to 0% of my memory is, is bogged down with Twins World Series victories. I love the Twins. And I grew up watching the Twins in the 90s when they were the worst team in baseball by a thousand miles. And I still love them because I could watch them on TV almost every day, except games that were blacked out because why wouldn't you take them off the air? Um, 
I just want my kids to like baseball. Like I like baseball is very selfish and they're not, I want them to like the twins. Right. And they're not gonna, if I want my kids to like baseball, do you know what I have to do? I have to turn on the giants and Dodgers. Cool. Kids. Right. I mean, it might be better for them in the long term that they become Dodgers fans. Cause they're going to get to watch the greatest baseball player of all time and some actual success. Maybe I should be doing that for them. I don't know. <laughs> right. This has been That's the morning all. sports. <laughs> this has been the morning sports desk for Tuesday, February 13th. The morning sports desk available on demand on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and wadinaradio.com.